you don't go to a dispute about, say, family law or any legal dispute without knowing your legal rights, okay? You should know your legal rights, uh, your obligations, the likely outcome. But after you know that, be also prepared to be as flexible as possible because what at mediation you can do could be much wider. The, the possibilities are much wider than maybe what a judge can do. Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. This episode of Better Thinking Podcast, I have Carlos Terrini, who's a family lawyer and also the chair of this uh, Alternative Dispute Resolution Committee of the ACT. He's obviously an accredited mediator himself also. What he provides today is his experience and insight in being a mediator, how to go out and prepare, how to go and engage in mediation, and also what you might be able to do to get the best result. I think you'll find this really, really useful. I know that last time I had Carlos on the show, I had lots of great feedback, so you'll enjoy this one as well. Welcome back to the uh, podcast, Carlos. It's fantastic to have you back talking about mediation and how we can prepare for it, particularly in obviously family law, your expertise. Um, I know that you and I spoke about this over pizza not long ago and thought this is a, a great topic, you know, comes up all the time. I know that I've got clients that are going through these challenging times and, uh, you know, hence got you back on and excited to, to talk about Preparation, you know, what, mm. what what can we do? What are the pitfalls? Why is it such a hard process? You know, most of us don't have a clue what we're getting into. Um, no, thank you. Uh, thank you and thank you for having me. Um, yes, that was an interesting conversation that we had and actually I think it was good because we both came from different directions about the same issue. How do you prepare uh, for a mediation um, from a point of view of uh, the legal preparation or the preparation of uh, facts and so on, but also how to prepare yourself psychologically. Uh, so that that's uh, um, that was a very fruitful conversation, I think, that mm. we had. So we can continue it today. Um, I think it's important to explain what mediation is. Perhaps uh, the, the, uh, uh, one definition uh, that probably is the most useful one is is an assisted form of negotiation, which means basically two parties negotiating with a referee, if you like, to uh, to set the rules. And uh, it's very handy because it allows people to speak without interruptions and it allows the other party to listen. And then, uh, you know, and the rules are don't interrupt the other person until they had their say. That's probably one of the bigger sort of points that mediation provides uh, by virtue of having a mediator is that people are probably more likely to behave, um, you know, in in a socially reasonable way with there being a third party in the room. The fact that they don't talk over the top of each other as much. um, I'm sure there's probably cases that you've seen um, but it hasn't necessarily been the case, but uh, there will be a mediator there, meaning a third party present to, to assist and most people behave a little bit better. Exactly. It's, uh, they, it, it assists to allow people to to behave. There has to be a degree 
of you know civility about it. Uh, you cannot allow it to turn into a brawl, the discussion. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing wrong. I, I, I personally don't think there's, there's anything wrong with some emotion. You will get some emotion. And I think sometimes you hear uh, people involved, sometimes lawyers are involved in the process saying, oh, well, you know, let, let's try to not get emotional. Well, I think it's okay to get emotional, provided... It's a crazy idea that someone doesn't get emotional. I mean, the reason why they're there is because they're talking about something that hurts, that's close to their heart, that that that, that's upsetting, and you know they've got very very different opinions on the matter. Exactly. Um, You know, so it's naturally going to create, you know, at at least I'd have to assume either frustration or anger or um, hurt. Uh, upset, you know, why else are we there? We're, we're talking about something important. I'm going to yeah. fight for it. I think I think it's healthy to allow uh, allow it to happen if it happens uh, that people get somewhat emotional. And sometimes you may have to have a break. The best way to organize a mediation is to have one room where people meet face to face. The best mediations, I think, are face to face rather than there's alternatives. They're called shuttle mediations where parties are in different rooms and the mediator goes from room to room. And uh, But allow people to have breaks, to go when things get, maybe things get too too emotional <laughs> uh, uh, so that people have the capacity to have a break and then come back. Yeah. yeah. I think the shuttle version, because um, I've been in both for, for, mm. for differing matters, not, not um, you know, uh, family law, um, I hope I don't have to go down that one. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I found the shuttle one was was, you know, excuse my language, but bloody awful. It was it, it, yeah. it, it was it was shit. Yeah. Um, the reason yeah. why is because we never got any traction. Yeah. You know, you, you by the time you go out and you know propose a position to the other party, and then the mediator walks out of the room, goes into another room, they spend fifteen minutes chatting with the other mm. party. Yeah. To come back with something um, and then you hear about it and then you kind of, you know, sit there and come back with a position and then it goes back again. It's like, you know, we we could have had that conversation, you know, so long as people were still reasonable. um, In the one room. In in, in the one room and and probably in about three minutes, Mm. um, uh, at least three minutes of, uh, back and forward, um, and obviously more in, in describing our positions. Um, so I'm 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 with you 100. percent I think uh, face I think to face. Uh, how else, you know, how else can you do it? Now, obviously, that's not always going to be the case. If well, there's some violence or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. In this case, I had one yesterday where it had to be shuttled, but I was well aware that my client spent three hours in a room uh, on her. Well, she had actually a companion, but I wasn't there. I was in the in a third room. Uh, have and and the other party was in a, in the other room. Can so, I ask why? Obviously, you know, confidentiality in place and the rest. Of, why in that type of case did it have to be a shuttle? What what, what was it that because was because of the domestic violence? There okay. is an existing domestic violence order, but I, I think uh, uh, shuttle mediation or by telephone, even by video link, are inferior. They are not as good as face to face in the one room. There's nothing better than the one room. Um, I seen and I actually apply. I, I am a mediator myself, so I apply it myself to, uh, uh, for example, that each party start 
with an opening statement. So they, they, you invite people to make an opening statement about whatever they want to say, about what they want to achieve out of the agreement, uh, and, uh, you know, what a, whatever, whatever else they want to say at, and have the opportunity to say it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's fairly open ended. It's, it's kind of like these are my feelings. This exactly, is what I want to achieve. Exactly. This is what I'm pissed off about. Yeah. Um, you know, why is it taking this long? Whatever it is, just they, whatever they get is, an opportunity to put it on the table. I'm very angry with you because whatever whatever it is that they want to say, and uh, um, and then the other party has an opportunity to have their own opening statement, and perhaps they can reply to each other, and then the whole process starts. The 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 all. It continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that important that, that, that there is an opening statement in that both parties get to, you know, air their grievances or put a position down or put their intent in, in, in place? Is that, is that something that you specifically I, do for a reason? I, I think it's useful to allow people to have their say. I think it, it, allows, to ask, it, it allows people to move on to the issues, the specific issues, and then to address them. Uh, it allows people to start talking to an agenda and addressing the agenda. And uh, I think an agenda is very important. Um, and uh, so, yes, yes, I think for many reasons it's important to do it. Is uh, there I, usually an agenda? Like, is, is it usually I a decent think outline there of should be an agenda. I think, you sh- uh, I think each party should prepare. I think that an agenda is part of what I call the preparing strategically and tactically to uh, mediation should not be about just turning up Mm. there should Mm. be a lot of preparation before there should be a lot of exchange of information before the exchange of the information should not happen at the mediation it should happen before but in addition to that, to prepare, what do you want out of the meeting? And Points number what, one, two, three, yeah. four, five. Yeah. I'll tell you what, go, going back in my sort of experience of, of uh, mediation, that was the thing that absolutely just pissed me off. I went in with, you know, what I believed preparation around mm. my position, what I'm hoping to mm. achieve, which is in actual fact just resolution to resolve yeah, something, exactly. to, to, yeah, to exactly. you know, end this, um, you know, dispute, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and the other party, you know, clearly came with nothing. Um, mm. And no. it was like, you know, I, I thought the intent of, you know, mediation was to come out with a result or at least come closer to coming out there, uh, with a result. And hence why, you know, I, I think having a plan and a strategy um, is uh, important. If you're not, there's a danger that you're not, you're wasting your time. Yeah, a good and medi- it's costly. Yeah, a good mediator will meet with the parties before and invite them to prepare an opening statement and and to think about an agenda and actually to and have a short conversation about what is it all about. Where were right? you, Carlos, mm? when I needed you? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now if you need me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. It's, it's out of the way. It's out of the way. Oh, good, good. But uh, I think mediation, negotiations is a great way. It's a potentially the better way to resolve a dispute. Uh, it is, I always say, you're, you're limited by your own imagination about what you can get out of uh, any form of dispute. Allow yourself to think, you know, from anything that comes from left field. Uh, allow yourself to think, uh, be imaginative. 
Yes, you have to know the issues. I mean, you. I think you you don't go to a dispute about, say, family law or any legal dispute without knowing your legal rights, okay? You should know your legal rights, uh, your obligations, the likely outcome. But after you know all that, be also prepared to be as flexible as possible because what at mediation you can do could be much wider. The, cap- the possibilities are much wider than maybe what a judge can do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of brings brings a uh, thought to mind around. I was selling my car recently, and uh, I remember several times getting these text messages about, "Would you swap your car for my car?" All right. Right. All right. Now I was selling my car. I wasn't <laughs> looking for a swap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, here's someone negotiating with me. Right. Their yeah. position is they want to do a swap. Yeah. And I found you myself. You think yeah. Absolutely. You swapped a car. I found, no. 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 <laughs> um, uh, but I found myself kind of going, maybe. Yeah. I could think about this, even though my my intent at the start was completely is like you know I know exactly what I'm going to go out and buy you yeah. know after I sell my car etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But I found myself thinking about it. So I love the idea of, of saying you know there's there's nothing uh, that that's off the table. You can yeah. be as, as imaginative because you just don't know. It might be palatable to the other person. Exactly, and um, uh, you, you do you do need the framework. You need do need to know what is likely or possible that may happen if a matter goes to court. Being aware that uh, all the pitfalls of going to court, you know, the cost, you may lose, you may not get what you want. Uh, people don't, uh, litigation leads people to to take positions and leads people to move apart. Mediation tends to break barriers. You know, uh, I have found one of the most surprising things after mediation, even with all the emotion, even people at times shouting at each other, uh, that uh, when the mediation finished, there, there is an outcome. And you see people embracing and uh, crying. And, and you think, you know, it's, it, it is quite special. It is quite special. So uh, it is a good way to resolve matters. Yeah. I imagine there's a hell yeah. of a lot of relief. You know, it's exactly, kind of like yeah. Yeah. we don't have to yell at each other anymore. I don't have to go yeah. out and, you know, feel my heart race and churning in my stomach when I see an email from you. Yeah, You know, exactly. I, I, yeah. I don't have to kind of worry each time I I pull letters out of my letterbox and, and, and mm. you know, worry that it's another one from the lawyers or, you mm. know, the matter just kind of weighs on your shoulders and it's awful. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I agree that <clears throat> largely that kind of reaction is relief, that the yes. problem is gone. But also these are people who at some stage had a relationship yeah, and were very love. close. So, so suddenly, it's, you know, it's, it takes away, when you take away all those positions and so on, what is left? Oh, well, I'm suddenly, I'm not a psychologist, you tell me. <laughs> but I can imagine, I can, I can imagine there being also at least, you know, potential for a reflection point in someone of saying wow we can do this yeah kind of like you know this is what was lacking in our relationship is is, is a means to get to an end and we've just done it you know i was just watching sbs last night do you watch insights about these couples that uh, got together again maybe one, there was one couple 42 years later. and Oh, they divorced and got yeah, back yeah, together. Yeah, they go back together again. <laughs> so, you, yeah, is that, is that what you're leading at? <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, but no, it's true. I think it does help. Actually, from my point of view, as uh, sometimes mediations, by the way, can be lawyer assisted, so the lawyers can be there or the lawyers are not there. Sometimes negotiations are without lawyers, but that's that's different versions. But from a lawyer's point of view, when I hear the other person talking, I never look at the matter again the same way, because. Uh, as much as you know the other side's position, maybe from letters or whatever, it just there's too many people in between with lawyers, you know. I sure. Think. So um, it is very helpful to me too to understand the dynamics of everything when you actually meet the other party and they put in the, their side of the story. I I think I could probably explain that, and 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 that is witnessing the emotion. Right. That right. when you're in the room. And you witness one's emotion. Right. You witness the language that they use, right. not the lawyer's language, but the person's language. That's right. Yeah. When you, you know, observe their pauses or their hurt or mm. um, or their anger, uh, that you can see there's more to the story. That they, they they might talk about a history that you're not aware of. The, you know, the fact that you get to kind of meet the humans, mm. um, not what they present to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how they've been with each other. That's right. Um, would I, I, I imagine in some sense, you know, be be uh, completely enlightening about, my goodness, I haven't seen this side of, exactly, of the yeah. case. I mean, some, the, you could, not always, you obviously. could argue, I mean, maybe this is a reason some people may argue for not having mediation, but I, what I'm going to say, but uh, I don't, I, I have heard that argument before, which is this, sorry. You don't do mediation with the other lawyer watching you because the other lawyer is assessing you as a witness, right? Okay. Uh, so I, I get it. But, you know, judges are very clever to work out people's character and what people are like. You don't fool judges anyway. So right. so just I, I don't know that that is an advantage necessarily unless you are pretty pretty bad at speaking <laughs> sure <laughs> I don't know and then you then the, the other lawyer can make an assessment you're going to be a r- rubbish witness but even then I think judges at the end of the day work out the true character of people yeah I think the judges are, are going to be pretty damn sharp you know yeah, they're, they're they doing this they all are. day every day and they've they've seen when people are pulling the wool over each other's eyes and exactly you yeah. know lying and then it's you know you can clearly see it's not credible in the evidence and yeah. so on and so forth you'd have to be doing a pretty damn poor job on the other end mm-hmm. not to expose that as well that's right um, yeah. there's a lot in the preparation that you have to do too I mean that's what I always say to people with about mediation think about and you're asking about the agenda. Uh, think about what you want to get out of these. But not only that, think about what the other side wants to get. And what? how can you get what you want in a package where the other side is getting some of what they want, perhaps? you know. So think of, don't just think about yourself, think about the other side. And, uh, and you, uh, you were talking about yeah. outcome. It's about an outcome at the end of the day. It almost feels also that when, when, when one steps into mediation, uh, the the resolution point is likely to be uh, both parties feeling equally unsatisfied. 
Uh, oh yeah, there is some of that. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know, neither will likely yeah. come out saying with everything that they was wanted. an exceptional result, and yeah. I'm so happy with. It's kind of like I've had to concede. Yeah. You know, there, there's something I've got to give up, mm. um, and something I I gain, and and you know, how can we tease this? out even if the thing that we want to gain both is the same yeah. maybe there's something that that's know. right now usually that's what they tell you that uh, uh probably a, a a good outcome is one where everybody's a little bit unhappy you mm. know, but uh, you somehow you found the solution somewhere mm. in the middle ha- happily dissatisfied yeah yeah right i mean it's, yeah. it's a great result yeah and i think and outcomes are subjective not and and that that was hard for me. I mean, I I train uh, as a mediator, but I've been a lawyer for three decades, and and uh, it was it's a different discipline altogether. It's quite a dis- different discipline, and that was one of the hardest things for me to understand. I guess maybe I'm thick, but it took me a while <laughs> to understand that it's not it's not about the outcome. It's about their outcome. It's not about the truth. It's their truth. Yes. Yeah, you understand. You understand what I mean by that. Uh, that uh, you know what what is important to a person. And I remember doing an example. Uh, uh, this um, um, you know, like a mock mediation when I was training, and it was somebody just got some dry dry cleaning, and they had a stain on it or something. And and uh, what was it that people that the other the person was after? And all the person was after was an apology, <laughs> you know, and eventually it came out and you're thinking about the dollars and how much, how much to replace. You're thinking of all these things. And, um, uh, you, I will tend to cross examine the people about what the truth is. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't about the truth. It was about what they were after. Right. And, and that, that applies to every, every mediation. So I think the key for a mediator is to try to find what it is. One example, maybe I can give you one other example if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, this was many, many years ago. It was a client, I, I, without giving away too much, but it was a client, who, a couple, an old cu- migrant couple who were financially very well off. Um, they worked really hard to make the money. Um, the children um, had you know some of the children had addictions and problems like that uh, I was acting for the wife and uh, someone else was acting for the husband and there were barristers in between I was quite proud of the outcome because I worked out, I worked out what the problem was and the problem was that uh, why we couldn't settle it and we did settle it was that the husband in that matter was worried about his elderly wife getting the assets and then eventually going to the children when what he wanted to do was to avoid one generation and give it to the grandchildren because he didn't think he could trust these children who had addictions, gambling, and all kinds of other things. So I suggested, well, why don't we create a trust to give it to the grandchildren? And that solved it. It solved it in Instantly. two hours. Wow. It was done. And I, I, it only occurred to me, that, so I'm proud because I came up with the idea, not the barristers. And, but... And it you sounds like she she uh, so you were you were um, representing her. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so the idea was she got what she wanted, yes, but there was yes. also a trust for 
they are her share to eventually go to grandchildren, like like he did too. He did the same and it thing. sounds like that she wanted that too. That's right. They was happy with that. They were both happy, but it had not been communicated, right? Because they hadn't spoken for a long time. But uh, so that's not about the truth. It's not about the truth or what or reality. It's their reality. That's that's what they yeah. both wanted to achieve out of that. So so yeah, it is important to. One of the things that they tell you about mediation is We might turn you into listen, a psychologist listen. at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're saying. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Always listen. Try to listen to what uh, not just the lawyer is saying, but the other lawyer, but what the other party is saying, as well as your own client, of course. But it's very important to understand where they're coming from. And the answer is not necessarily legal. It's not a legal issue. As I said, the apology, that's not a legal outcome, is it? Yeah, it could be. Could be anything else. Mm. Mm. I mean, as you say, that trying to figure out what what the parties want. Mm. Often, we need as human beings a story to tell ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I, th- I think we've all probably gone out and I don't know. Let's say purchased something and then found out that you know the next the next week it was fifty dollars cheaper. Uh, but we have to give ourselves some sort of story to reconcile it. That's and right. So we, we go and say, yeah, yeah, but I really needed it and I used it on the weekend and if I went to go and hire it, I would have spent more than $50. Exactly, yeah. We just yeah. come up with some sort of crap to go out and <laughs> a full story to, to reconcile it. We can justify it anything in yeah. our heads, can we? <laughs> and that might be the justif- justification of they apologised. Yeah. They were wrong and they acknowledged it. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. – that's yeah. what I needed. I don't care yeah. about my, you know, suit or whatever it was that was damaged. Yeah, that was done. It was done. You couldn't fix that. They, but that person didn't even want a replacement, supposedly. Only wanted an apology. So it's important always to listen. And, and there's a lot of preparation, but also to do a lot of listening during the, during the negotiations, during the meeting. Yes. So it's really important to, I suppose, be, be clear to do the preparation about being clear mm. in what it is that you want, yeah. maybe take the position of the other party to look at what do you think they might want. Exactly. But play with a few perspectives there because mm. you're running assumptions. You you think you know what they want, but you've got to kind of examine that a bit more. That's a good um, way of putting it, to think beyond – don't don't just allow your assumptions to take over or your mindset or whatever, what your conclusions that you reached about the matter. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, and and sometimes you come out with amazing. I can't remember if I mentioned this to you before. Maybe I did. The type of uh, when I say you're only limited by your own imagination. Imagine this case where you got husband and wife who split up. They have a house. If the matter goes to court, the court will make one buy the other party out, or you have to sell it. But the parties could agree that the. Because the children are young, the the children say will stay with mom or dad, and the house will not be sold for ten years to allow the other party to recover. The court cannot do that, and and it could be well if we do it now sixty forty to you because you have the children. If we do it in ten years fifty fifty, right? Yeah. So wow. so it is an outcome. It's an outcome everybody can live with, but it's something that a judge cannot do. And so. it's something much deeper. Yeah, because at that point it actually taps into you know what are we fighting about, and if it's about the security for the kids, for example, or whatever it might be, that might be palatable. They Mm -hmm. could go and say that actually 
works for both. You know, it's a it's a it's a win win yeah. scenario. Yeah, and uh, but you have to remove as a lawyer, you have to remove your lawyer mode when you walk in to that, whether you are the mediator or assisting your client. So you have to wear both both hats, if you like. Yeah. yeah. And then I suppose, you know, talking about, I know that when we, when we discussed this before, we we're talking tactics as well. And I know that's probably not the right word, um, but in some sense it it describes, you know, preparation and then how to um, try and position yourself for mm. your – your outcome. Mm-hmm. I think actually we're talking about how I purchased my house. That's right. Um, That's right. Actually, I'll, I might, might as well share it now as well. <clears throat> um, uh, I, I was watching one of those shows where someone goes out and, and purchases, let's say, a, a, a crate of, or, or say a garage of, of a storage room, that is, um, of items. And they have to bid on, you know, uh, how much they're willing to pay for you know, the, the the storage room of items that have obviously been abandoned or whatever it might be, and then later on they see what they can off-sell and so on. And I remember watching a guy who his tactic, uh, which resonated at me uh, for me, was he's going to hold the the highest bid all the time. He really wanted uh, he right. really yeah. wanted this mm. particular mm-hmm. um, uh, storage room. And, you know, because he obviously felt that there were items in there that were of great value. Um, and so the moment the bidding sort of started, he would go in and, you know, he'd say, okay, $200. Mm-hmm. And the minute someone else, you know, would bid 250 he'd go three. <laughs> so he'd jump immediately over the top, you know. And if someone then goes, oh, 320 he goes 350 um, And I remember him actually kind of being a bit, bit more – louder, mm. and boisterous sort of, sort of thing and just jumping on it. Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 I use that tactic. I had this kind of idea. My wife and I were looking for a house for like 10, 10 months, mm. um, maybe even longer. Uh, and I remember, you know, I was nervous as hell, you know, shaking, um, but you don't show that. Put on a, a suit, right. Um, right. you know, Prepare a tie, yeah. came in early, <laughs> parked my car, you know, uh, first car next to the driveway so that, you know, uh, I, I was pole, pole position, registered early so I had number one um, on my card, stood at the front so no one could yeah. really kind of right. – um, you, you were know, number one in every sense. <laughs> and the moment the bidding started, because um, we knew the market at that, at yeah. that point, I, I went to what, what, what would be a realistic – Number mm. rather than you know how it always starts yes, slow. Yeah, yeah. No, or nobody makes a absolutely. Yeah. You know, the moment it opened up, I was in. Right. Um, and so the, the auction started the moment that the auctioneer said, "You know, can I get a starting bid?" Boom, there it is. Yeah. So I had it immediately, yeah. Yeah. and I did exactly what what that gentleman on the TV show did every time a a bid came in. I would just go, "Yep." Just basically yell over the yeah. top. Um, you know, the person wouldn't even finish their number, <laughs> um, and I would, you know, have my card up in the yeah. air. And we got, you know, uh, uh, all the way to basically the end. And and um, a gentleman that was bidding, it was just left to me and him. The gentleman that was was bidding, his wife was saying, you know, come on, let's mm. let's go out and you know, maybe we could do just a little bit more. Yeah. You know, because they were getting close to to, to their, their their end, yeah, and so so was I. Yeah. Um, I was willing to go a little bit further, but uh, he said to her, "What's the point? He's only going to go over. 
you know, so over you, us. So yeah, um, okay. You know, he 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 believed that I was going to buy it no matter what, even though I had a ceiling, I had a number that I w- you know would not cross. Yeah. Um, and I remember my wife was behind me so that she couldn't kind of, you know, whisper in my ear and, pers- you know, persuade me a bit more uh, or yeah. so I was solid. And, you know, at, yeah. at least in that in that occasion it worked. And, yeah. and so my yeah. tactic, my, 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 my strategy was, yeah. was solid. Uh, it wasn't mine. It was from the show, but I, I executed no, exactly. it. Exactly. Um, what you did was uh, you had an agenda and you implemented your agenda. And I think – if you want to control a meeting, you control the agenda, don't you? That's if you want point. to control That's a meeting, a you control the agenda. So, so uh, um, uh, I, I don't think I always say that to people. You know, if you control a meeting, uh, if you control the agenda, you control the meeting. Uh, don't assume you're going to control the whole agenda, but you're certainly going to influence it because you have thought about what you want to achieve out of it you have thought about how you're going to package it and you're going to do it on the day in a way you did something similar uh i ran a script right you ran a script yeah i saw the script and i just played it out and in some sense if you have an agenda you've Mm. therefore got a script of how you plan to negotiate that script exactly yeah um and there's probably flexibilities in that Mm. space you know in, in in your world sure um but you still have the agenda and there's some flexibility, but you've already pre-thought a lot of your I think it's important, thoughts. yeah. The more preparation you do about that, the better. And not don't just think about yourself and what you want out of it. Think about the other person. What does the other person uh, want? And what, how can you – and think about the outcome. I want an outcome out of this, so maybe it's not the most – perfect outcome to sure. me but what outcome can i live with that's the other big question what can i live with what outcome can i live with out of this meeting right it's important to think about that well you know how far do i go which is your limit in your auction mm. <laughs> you yeah. you know how, how far you go and, yeah. and the truth was you know how much am i willing to overpay yeah for this Without um, losing control, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, I remember in in my ha- in my head, uh, 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 how much more, what I thought it was worth, mm. and how much I was willing to pay to to secure it, right. um, and what I was willing to pay was more than what it was worth in my head, right. Um, right. but that was the cost of securing it. Yeah. Thankfully. I didn't have to. Um, you got a uh, good outcome out of uh, it, mm. but I would have reconciled it anyway. I would have given myself the lie, mm. right? You know, <laughs> uh, which is, oh yeah, I, I got it, but you know, it's now gone up in value. If I kind of ha- hung in there for longer, mm. the prices would have gone up. I would have given myself some sort of garbage story to, to reconcile yeah, it. It was good for my uh, ego. It was good <laughs> for my ego. Yeah, I've got a story to tell. <laughs> I said, yeah, actually, auctions are. Uh, Sorry, we're getting out of the subject, but they are so interesting, aren't they, to watch the dynamics of what goes on in auctions. Uh, people, you see people losing control, I think. I've, I'm, I think I've witnessed people losing control just Absolutely. to win the argument. Uh, and that's crazy to do. It's a crazy thing to do. Yeah. Well, I think that would happen in mediation all the time. If someone isn't prepared, yeah. right? So if they're not going out and doing the preparation... And they don't know what they can live with. Mm. They lose control, become stubborn, 
and you can't mediate anymore no. because they, they, they basically cross their arms and say, it's my way yeah, or else. Yeah. Well, I, you were asking, we were talking about the opening statement before. Yes. Right? And uh, in one matter where my client prepared the statement and she spoke for 10 minutes, she felt really good about it. The other side spoke for about 30 seconds, hadn't written anything, even though he was asked to and he, it was suggested that he do it. And I, I don't think it, well, I don't know if that's the reason why it didn't settle, but it certainly didn't help. I think what you said before about your experience with a mediation where the, the other party hadn't prepared and uh, they were asking questions about things that should have been clarified before the meeting. The meeting should not be about gathering information. All the information should already be on the table. It's not about checking bank accounts or whatever. All that should have been done before. It's about, okay, you have this position, I have this position, how do we meet? Right? So yeah. it's almost like, and apologies for my naiveness, but it's almost like going to court early. There's just no judge to make a final ruling, but you're supposed to have, in some sense, your evidence put forward to go out and debate, so to speak, to kind of uh, then use that as a means of what can I live with Mm. Um, rather than, you know, there's confusion about the details and so we can't mediate because there's still lots of conjecture around, you know, uh, how much the house is worth or something. It shouldn't be. I mean, I think all the information has to be on the table, so you don't waste time on on things like bank accounts or whatever you know. But I don't think it's like litigation because you're still in control. Uh, okay. In litigation, a third party, the judge or the arbitrator, arbitration is also an arbitrator making the decision for you. The third party is making the decision for you. Uh, in mediation, you you're still in control about the outcome. So you own it to an extent, the outcome, yeah. Okay. Right? So you cannot yes, say, "Oh, look what happened to me." Well, hold on, you you decided this too <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah, that's vastly different. Yeah, the yeah. the one big thing that you sh- have to aim at at mediation is to ensure the level playing field, uh, and you know what I mean by that. I mean that uh, in every couple uh, there is well, maybe not every couple, but in Many couples, there is somebody who's more domineering, maybe somebody who talks more or whatever. The other person is a little bit more quiet, reserved or whatever. I mean, the the, the, the mediator is there to allow people to have a dialogue, to speak and to force the other person to listen. All those things are important, but uh, I, don't know, I think lawyers sometimes are helpful to create the level playing field. There has to be a level playing field. People should not settle at mediation because they are scared of the other party. Or Does that happen a fair bit? Uh, it is possible that it could happen. That's why you don't put them in the same room, you know, domestic violence matter, right? Yeah, I, yeah. that's where, yeah. Yeah, besides any, <laughs> any other potential danger. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be simply that one person's not able to think on their feet. Exactly. In the yeah. presence of, you know, the other party because so much has happened, they become overwhelmed. I mean, if I think about it from a psychological perspective... That happens a lot. You know, two people sitting on the other side of, you know, a table facing each other Mm. is going to bring arousal. Some mediations, some matters are not 
uh, appropriate matters for mediation. Some matters you, you have to decide, no, there's no way we can settle this matter. What On the other example, hand, there are what matters... What would example be? Well, that, that type of case, say, where okay. there is domestic violence or whatever, you don't... It's not a good idea to put them in the same room. Or if it was you know, a very serious crime or something that was committed, I mean, you don't put them in the same room. Uh, on the other hand, one of the things that I have, people have said to me is that that's the first time that he was forced to listen to me <laughs> without inter- or, or vice versa. That's the first time she listened to what I had to say without interruptions because the mediator said, you, you are not allowed to interrupt. You can write notes and then respond if you like, but don't interrupt what the other person is talking. So that seems to have a good therapeutic. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say. Have you been listening in on my uh, relationship counselling sessions? Is that right? Okay. Well, well absolutely, because yeah. the same thing occurs where someone someone will, will often say, you know, this is the most I've heard, you know, about my spouse's feelings. Or you know what they've been thinking about, yeah. you know for for years. Right. They have to listen, pay attention, and 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 not interrupt. Well, yeah. There's a professional in the room. Mm. You know, in this yeah. case called a psychologist or a yeah. mediator, a lawyer, um, and you know it's social etiquette. So, you know, I, I scare myself to sometimes having conversations with my wife. Where I, I answer and have a whole conversation. You're scared of her? Or? No, I'm scared of what I do, which is I have a whole conversation and I reply and I make sensible answers and I'm not listening. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain that? You have to organize rude, a few sessions. <laughs> does she know about this? Yeah, as she well? does know that. So she tells she me to now. listen, pay attention. Oh, okay, I better do that. <laughs> What would you say, and I know every case is so different, but what would you say is a, a good way to approach um, the actual active side of mediation? So here I am, I've, you know, I, I've got to this point, I've done some preparation, I've thought about uh, you know, what I'm wanting to, to get out of it, maybe what, what the other party is wanting to get out of it. Um, you know, what I can kind of live with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm trying to optimise for myself and so on. Uh, how, can I, how can I best then engage in the process? And I know, as I say, it's not relevant for every case and every person, sure. but what are some of the things that you found have, have, have facilitated and, and, and helped uh, find that middle space where two people can you know, hopefully ultimately find a resolution in that particular okay. um, meeting. Um, I, um, I do invite people to prepare. I suggest they should prepare well to do all those things about what they want, what the other side wants, what you think the other side wants. Um, um, and, uh, you know, exchange all the information you have to do everything you have to, to prepare. Prepare yourself psychologically too. You're going to spend maybe a day, maybe a full day. Of, it could go on for a full day. So prepare yourself, even energy-wise, prepare yourself to, for that meeting. But be, after you do all those things, put them aside and think, be prepared to be flexible. Be prepared to hear something that you haven't considered before and that, Maybe instead of thinking, oh, this is out of the script, forget the script and think maybe this is 
part of the beginning of a solution. So be flexible, I guess, to put it in one sentence. Be prepared to be quite flexible about what is the, what could be the outcome, right? So that's, I think, one of the major things that you should do. Um, uh, because sometimes, as I said before, the most imaginative solutions come out of nowhere, you know, uh, or or just from the meeting. Yeah. So, in some sense, entertaining new ideas that that might show up on the day. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, and the rest is well, obviously, uh, be flexible. Also, as I said before, it's very important to think: what can I live with? Forget about the fight. Yes, you are, maybe you are in court already. Maybe you said a whole lot of things in court. That's another dif- distinction between litigation and uh, and mediation. You can make concessions at mediation because it's all confidential. You could be having a mediation today and the matter is the trial is tomorrow, right? So you, in a way, you have to become a bit schizophrenic in a way. You have to... You're, you're running a different you you have a different attitude and approach altogether so you can you you while you can make concessions during the mediation you can then officially at the trial not make those concessions right so uh, so in uh, some sense there's, there's protection in mediation to go out and say I'm willing to be flexible and open to scenario a yeah uh, and that then can't be used against you, you cannot in be used court against you. Exactly. to go out and say, but you were willing to concede on um, that that kind of. If that came out, the judge will have to disqualify himself or herself, and uh, the the party who uh, whose lawyer may ask that question will have to pay the legal costs. So because you are not allowed to say anything of what happened at a mediation, except. If there is an offer and an acceptance in writing, right? So if, if if the outcome is this is the offer, this has been accepted, then that is admissible. It's ah, not admissible. Yes, it's not. Yes. It doesn't mean that's the outcome, but the judge gets to know that that was what was agreed at mediation. The judge may decide to do something else, but it is sure. very it's hard very, for them very to go tough. out. Yes, yeah, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, that's right. So so you 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 can. So that's a quite an important distinction to litigation that you you don't have to be so guarded. You know, yeah, uh, it opens up. I mean, that environment opens up, invites, in actual fact, to be flexible to to entertain ideas. True. Um, without there being any repercussions. True. Because you know, if we're gonna ultimately end up in court. Uh, and this can't be, you know, this won't be on the record. Let's see where, whether we can actually resolve it. Mm. You know, that, that that that's the true nature of of, of the idea of yeah. mediation. Let let's, it, it, let's look at any alternative uh, means methods yeah. um, that's palatable to both. We can both live with it, mm. um, and it can't be used against you. Exactly. Um, so that th- that is very important. I mean, some people, if I can say, it's a general proposition with mediation probably the the word mediation is a little bit uh, limited because we're talking about one form of alternative dispute resolution you know there's there are many other forms of alternative dispute resolution mediation is one of them as i said originally is uh, a good definition is to say is assisted negotiations right somebody assisting for people to negotiate 
some people are very good at it and do it themselves. So, uh, so alternative dispute resolution could go from mediation. By the way, there are diff many different forms of mediation. There is the one we have been talking about is is what is called uh, facilitative mediation, which is to allow people facilitates people draws draws the information out of them and draws them into negotiation. Uh, there are others, for example. Uh, the mediator could be a very authoritative person who is not a lawyer or uh, is a mediator, but could be a, a, an engineer who's an expert on building disputes, right? And, and who will, is very useful because that's a very knowledgeable person. So it's a bit of, it's more than just facilitating people to talk, it's to say, well, look, in my experience, the roof fell off because, you know, of this structural problem or whatever. Um, there is a thing called collaborative law, uh, which is lawyers and parties and the lawyers contracting out of litigation. They sign a contract to say, we're not going to litigate this, we're going to negotiate it. And they do it without a mediator. So that's a form of negotiation, right? That's another form of alternative dispute resolution. And I always like to finish it off by saying it's also uh, the husband and the wife or the person who owes the money with the to the, the creditor sitting down and having a cup of coffee and negotiating it themselves. So yeah, it's yeah. all ADR, right? It's all, and uh, but sometimes you do need someone to help you do it, but other times, so, and I think there is tactics and strategy for all those different forms of alternative dispute resolution. What are some ideas about, uh, you know, tactics. You know, obviously, flexibility is 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 one. The preparation uh, side. Are there things that you've seen uh, uh, seem to be more useful in the process of of uh, you know trying to, I suppose, in some sense, sell that that idea to the other party you know uh, have there been some really great negotiators that you have gone out and and and, and seen who were able to um kind of help the party they're in dispute with to open the door to these possibilities are there some people who do it much better um, oh, and, of course, and, and, yeah, and, and some... what are the things that they do that if, if you kind of you know what they do think i think what they do is i mean the mediator should never, it should never be the role of the mediator, I think, especially in the facilitative model, which is the one that I prefer, to, to, to impose their opinions, right? It should not be that. But the, the very skilled mediators draw people to come up with their own conclusions in a very imaginative way and probably helps them to get there. So, 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 the, the, so that the parties own it came out came up with ideas themselves, but they didn't realize how they did it. It was the mediator helping them to, to get there, right? Because it should, it should never be you imposing your ideas. And uh, in a very strict uh, definition, it should, you, shouldn't come, you, you shouldn't be imposing even your suggestions. It, should, it has to come from them. Mm -hmm. It should come from them. I but think the first mediator I dealt with about that matter that I was talking about previously, um, it wasn't particularly crash hot. Um, and But the second one, um, much more mature gentleman, um, uh, and I think he 
had experience of, of potentially being a former judge or oh, right. um, was incredibly sharp okay. uh, and right. was able to allude to things we should consider uh, and without necessarily uh, uh, imposing. Impose, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. No, and that, it was that, very, very, very um, sort of considered in how what, what language he would use around what might kind of uh, stack up or not stack up or, um, you know, uh, whether something was relevant or irrelevant to the mediation itself, you know, because it would kind of go on to some tangents. Yeah. Um, and I remember him, you know, sort of jumping in with both parties, you know, yeah. with, with, with both the other person and, and myself. Um, and I, I thought he did an exceptional job. We didn't have an outcome at the end of it, but uh, uh, it felt like um, uh, there was much greater clarity and he, he brought us closer, right. um, uh, which, the yeah, the the uh, the first mediator didn't wasn't able to yeah, right. yeah. So I mean I think it's law is is useful to have lawyers sometimes involved in disputes in legal disputes obviously um, to to address sometimes people get stuck on certain points and if you've got the lawyer saying well look especially ideally unanimous it's a unanimous opinion to say well the answer to this is such well you then move on <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what I thought he he did really well. He okay. he yeah. did not go out and kind of um, he he implied uh, and he used lots of just reason and logic. I thought, but just in an elegant kind of kind, gentle, compassionate way. Yes. Um, so that it was impartial. He wasn't holding a side. Mm. Um, and it felt like that because he'd pushed me as much as he'd pushed the other party. Um, uh, and I mean, I can't speak on the other party's behalf, but it, it felt like um, he'd cut through part of their um, uh, logic in their dispute, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and kind of in some sense squashed some of mine to kind of say that's you know uh, you can't use that in some sense. Not by saying that, but but mm. it, the, the impression was left there to kind of say, okay, well, if I can't use that. What else am I exactly. open to? No, no, that's a good point. And it, I was, mean, it was quite nice, I, I the, felt. The example we were talking about of saying you're having the mediation today and the trial tomorrow, it is useful for you to know that that strong mindset that you have is maybe there's two sides to that story. Maybe you get up or maybe you lose that argument. Have you thought about that? <laughs> because you may feel very strongly about it, but... Uh, it uh, also so, yeah, incentive... Uh, yeah. It puts incentive uh, in there, uh, and that was probably one of my struggles as, as well in my matter, and not obviously going into detail, but it puts incentive for both parties to be aware that if you have to go and go to trial tomorrow, mm. you're looking at $10,000 each mm-hmm. um, for representation, mm. and you may want to kind of consider that in making a decision today. Yes. Versus, um, you know, doing the exact same thing tomorrow and, you know. And you may not get an outcome for three months. Uh, a worse outcome. A worse, yeah, it could be a worse yeah. outcome for you. You may lose the argument or or, or uh, you get an outcome and then there could be an appeal from that argument, so from that decision. Yes. So uh, when instead you could partly own the outcome that day. Then, uh, and and that, it 
creates space for what am I willing to live with? Yeah. Right, yeah. So the, the moment there's a greater cost, mm. I Absolutely. think I think there's you know greater chance of uh, mediation, you know, yeah. because it's like oh, but this is now reality. Yeah. Rather than uh, principle. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've been a witness. Have you ever been a witness in court? Have you have to be a witness in court? I, I, I'll tell you a quick, quick little story. I, um, I was called as a witness um, uh, and I was cross-examined by both parties uh, outside the court mm. um, and then I wasn't used. But I was there Are all day okay. and I wasn't used. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, uh, whether I was not so, credible for either either <laughs> side or, or what it might have been, but um, uh, both parties agreed. Yeah. Um, so how do you find the experience? Because I, I've been cross-examined and it was terrifying. Horrible. Yeah, and um, I do it. I cross-examine other people, but when it happened to me, yeah. I it was terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah. ugly, yeah. right? Um, yeah. The first thing they did, both of them, had two rounds at it, so yeah. I, I felt excellently at the end of the day um <laughs> the first thing they do is just absolutely destroy your credibility yeah yeah um, they try yeah, uh, certainly and they, try. they did yeah, um yeah. you know i wasn't prepared all right um but at least for their, their questions yes um yeah. and it felt like i was absolutely you know right. i mean i was like a lot younger back, back, back <laughs> then but um they it felt like i was you know put through a, a mincing machine you yeah, know yeah, um, yeah. and both you know, both the you know prosecutor and the defendant uh, right. decided. I was like, "Oh my god! Thank God they're not using me because mm. uh, I would have felt like my whole career yeah, was over." That's right. They you know? shoot you down. Yeah, uh, this is going to be publicised in, in, in the paper. <laughs> that you know, psychologist yeah. is you know incompetent, you know, and, and, and knows nothing, and, and somehow got through uni with with no bloody idea. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that's what it felt like. But it is. I mean, and and I think you. It is your obligation as a lawyer to warn your client. I don't know how you're going to perform until I have seen clients who have totally fell apart in cross examination. If you had started asking that client whether he was responsible for the last ten unsolved murders in Canberra, he would have admitted that too. You know, he just totally fell apart. And I did, we didn't see it coming. I had a barrister. I didn't see it coming. And he was awful. He was a terrible witness. So <laughs> so that's the danger of going to court instead of the alternative of owning yeah. the outcome through a mediation. Well, that's yeah. what I was basically mm. doing. They'd asked me a question. And I hadn't learned at that point, because mm. you know, I was young, uh, that I can say I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. I had to come up with something yeah. for everything. Yeah. And the yeah. moment you come up with something that yeah, you don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've just done over <laughs> 700 holes. That's right. That's you know, right. They were yeah. just having a field day, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was just <laughs> fluffing about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, that that's, you know, what experience does. You know, now, um, like, you know, in all my reports and, you know, whenever I do any of my work, half the time the answer is I don't know because – the genuine, the genuine answer is, how could I know? I'm not a mind reader. True. How can I go out and, and, and be a specialist of probabilities? Your brief um, is only what it is. Exactly, it. exactly. Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, uh, as you say, things can go pear-shaped mm. by going to court and it's not, um, you know, it's not always known how someone will respond. And I know that psychologically. Mm. People go into an environment. They feel completely overwhelmed. Mm. Their fight or flight response 
kicks in uh, and some of us do exceptionally well mm. and some of us do abysmally and poorly. You know, we go into the freeze mode. Yeah. And most I, people who have felt what freeze looks like yeah. is when someone asks you a question and it could be, what's your phone number? <laughs> and you cannot recall your phone number. You know, yeah. you, you're, you're completely, um, you know, uh, 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 incapable of recalling simple information and you're being asked Because something. of the state you're in. Yeah. 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 And, you know, of course, at that point, how are you going to go out and, um, you know, give any type of credible, you know, evidence or opinion or whatever whatever it might be? That's right. Um, no different to if someone's really, really shy mm-hmm. in social situations, they're going to struggle to remember people's names. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. yeah. in that yeah. state, someone says, "Oh, you know, nice to meet you. My name's Peter," and it's like I, all I've heard is blah, 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 that's blah, right, blah, blah, blah. that's right, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, look, and also, so it's important that people understand that it's rare. It is rare. It's not like in the movies. And my example of my client who was probably prepared to admit all the latest unsolved murders is a, is an exception to the rule. It is very rare sure. that you break a witness. Um, you, it, it's, at the end of the day, is how many punches you landed. You don't do knockouts. It's rare that you do knockouts, right? Um, but still, the whole process of a trial, it's important that people who are going to go to mediation know is that it, you're going to throw as much dirt as you can to the other party and try to say as many things you can to discredit that other party, what you were describing before. And uh, if it is a case, say, a couple who are raising children together or whatever, it's not great, which is what we were saying before about uh, litigation tends to lead people growing apart. Mediation may help to break the barriers. So it's, it, it, there are other important reasons to to avoid litigation, not necessarily because you, it's going to break you. Yeah, well, it may, it, it will be very expensive. You have no control of, uh, out of the outcome. It could take a long time before you get an outcome, a million things. Uh, but it's also that damage of that you're causing to that uh, post-separation relationship in a family law matter and so on. It's important to avoid that if you can. Yes, And that's a really important of what can you live with you know that uh, if we get in the ring, yes, you know, so we're you know we we can have a conversation here, or we can mm. get in the ring, which is called court. Yes, put on and actually take our gloves off. Yeah, mm. right, because yeah. we're going to hit as hard as we can exactly to discredit each other to throw mm. enough mud. Um, that's what we're paying our lawyers mm. to go out and, yeah. and, and and do to get our optimal case. And at that point, we're not going for middle point, no, right? No. Because we're, we're asking the judge to make that decision. So we're saying, I'm going to persuade as hard and as heavy to the absolute optimal, right? Mm. I want the whole lot, you yeah, know? Yeah. Let the judge decide, but exactly. I'm going to throw all the reasons why, you know, and this person was abusive and they, yeah. you know, Kept money away from me, and they've yeah. got fifteen other accounts, and they da 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 all da, that. Da, da. And you it's all going to be in writing in affidavits. All these things that you said, those things don't go away after that. So how do you do that? What do you do after that? Okay, now we have to talk about which school the child is going to go to the year after the litigation, or 
in 20 years you have to turn up to your child's wedding too maybe you have to make joint decisions about it what happened at that trial so many years before doesn't go away that's it I much think, much more damage so. yeah, yeah much more damage i mean so yeah i think mediation is a very good way to try to resolve disputes or or at least one of the other uh, methods you know through alternative dispute resolution is worth it most people do it most people are smart enough to settle their disputes something like 95% settle their disputes the problem is whether you do it at the beginning or closer to the mm. if you do it at the steps of the court probably you really spend a lot of money yes you probably wrote do it all the early. Do it saying, early. yeah do it early do it early yes what would you say to someone who's who's you know um currently in the you know in the process um you know or looking to start the process or you know towards the end of the process what would you hope for them to consider to to, to think about um in you know mediation the courts know? the courts will um want you to try mediation or any form of negotiation so it is becoming more and more so uh, obligatory in uh, now the civil court is doing it too the, the the court just across the road from here the supreme court uh, um, and uh, the family court of course does it that they force you to go to mediation don't just go through the motions take the opportunity to to use it yeah. um you are not allowed to commence court proceedings in a dispute about children unless you've been to counselling or mediation. Uh, uh, you have to have a certificate to say that you tried. I mean, there are exceptions like domestic violence and so on, but uh, uh, don't just go through the motions. You said, I, I tell clients that all the time. And the best part of a parenting plan is agreeing on the terms and conditions and do it early. Do it early. You just mm. split up. Try to do it now. I like that idea as as you know an, an ending um, uh, point of you know really engage, try and genuinely you know come to some sort of resolution because ninety five percent of you will anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let's not spend twenty thousand dollars each trying to get to the steps of the court. Don't um, do it because of. Uh, financial or, or physical fatigue do it because you want to here That's yes yes do yeah. it early and, yeah. and 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 in doing so mm. we don't damage the relationship that you're likely to to have in many years to, to, exactly. to come in many many instances uh, if it's going to the, end there anyway the yeah. hardcore five percent keep the lawyers busy don't worry <laughs> <laughs> the hardcore five percent do because it doesn't matter what legislators do or what people try to do to change it there will be five percent that will fight all the way and will not agree on what day it is today yeah. but can be, i can yeah. i make another uh, position as well in terms of uh probably my own experience uh, mm. you have you're talking about you know when to use a, a lawyer obviously there is there is always that five percent that will keep you mm. guys busy uh, i found in my in my case i utilized um you know time with mitch as you know yes. um uh, and uh i also used him in a way where i was self-representing uh, mm -hmm. uh Part of the time and part of the time here, and I found it incredibly valuable to go out and get consult. Right, you know, like like um, uh, so not not necessarily representation the whole time, um, but rather going and saying, "Hey, Mitch, what do you reckon?" Uh, you know, 
this is the situation, how should I approach it? And he put together this amazing sort of folder for me in terms of, you know, if I, you know, when, when I do go to, to uh, you know, court itself and, mm. and, um, uh, uh, and, uh, and along with, um, oh gosh, who's the litigation? Um, uh, Matthew? Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Bridger, yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew Bridger. Um, mm. Shout out to Matthew. Um, <laughs> uh, bo- bo- both um, M- Mitch and Matthew were, were, were absolutely brilliant in prepping me. And I felt like absolutely. a million bucks walking out from an hour meeting because uh, I kind of felt like I knew a little bit. Uh, I didn't know it all by any means. I uh, think it's all. important that. I mean, I think what they that gave was you. Vital. I remember that. I remember I met you in the corridor and you were telling me about it. I remember was probably beaming at that point. Yeah, right, I yeah, was yeah. like, hey, Carlos, <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> that's right. But I think what they gave you was a framework. You yes, do need that yes. framework. And uh, preparation. Is a preparation, yeah. uh, but you can use it whether it is to go to a tribunal or litigation or to go to me- mediation yourself because the mediation may or may not include lawyers, but you need to have the framework. So you know what is likely to happen if the matter goes to court. You know your rights, uh, your obligations and so on, your limits. And then you decide what you want to do. It could be not a legal outcome within that range. It could be, that's what I said about, it could be something totally left field. But you know, if I always, one of the things I say to clients, well, even clients who want to settle something, uh, that is not a good outcome, I don't think it's the better outcome for them, uh, is at the very least you have to know what you're losing, right? At the very least you have to know, if you if you choose to do that, I cannot make a decision for you, but you have to know that if you went further, you will get another outcome. And if I'll tell you what, yeah, that raises a point um, about what are you willing to you yes. know, uh, live with because the currency is extremely important. So I, I spend a lot of time, obviously, you know, in, in a confidential room mm. uh, with my clients and, and I hear, you know, people's currency, you know, mm. someone saying, you know, I don't care about, yeah. you know, That's uh, right. this, this, this big matter. Everyone's telling me, no, no, don't, you know, you're entitled to more or, you know, mm. and it's like, I don't care about these entitlements because I'm not interested in that. That is not my currency. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and that's so important to try and appreciate okay. and understand. And so as I long as it's, uh, as long as it's not loaded, I guess uh, it's not. I don't care about you keeping the house because I was unfaithful to you. Right? That's different. Because, yes, okay, yes. right. So you have to. I mean, we. I I work. I'm a family lawyer, so you get a lot of that people coming in, who is a different form of grieving or whatever it is, right? Or different things that are going on in people's heads. Uh, when they first split up, and then, but then they move on from that. The guilt goes away, the grieving goes away, sure. and they feel different. So as long as they are not saying, "I don't care about that," when in reality, is I don't care about that because I feel really bad about right what now. I did to you. Right? You agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's almost about you know the the, the big sort of uh, air quotation um, you know marks for informed consent. You know, we, we want someone to be able to agree to something mm. fully informed. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, that that's exactly right. I, I, yeah. I always say that to clients. Look, I can, if, if you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, and it's not because it's loaded with some emotional stuff, okay, sure. Now, if and you're that's the sit, reason to engage a lawyer, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that you can make decisions 
fully informed, um, you know, not, not sort of biased towards, you know, this is what you're entitled to, but rather informed about the process, about uh, what it might look like and what we're trying to achieve and so on, you're, you're in a much better position to go and say, mm. you know, uh, I can live with X yeah. um, even though I'd like Y. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly, yeah, that's right. And uh, sometimes when people have that position that they, they somehow the judgment is loaded from one of those considerations. And I, I may or may not know about that, but uh, and probably you are, a, you are a better person to assess that than I am. But sometimes they say it or they tell you why they split up, so you may know. And I often say to them, if you're going to make a bad decision, what's the hurry? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you wait for three, six months, right? And uh, sometimes it resonates. <laughs> sometimes that's, it that's, yeah. that's actually brilliant, you know. Yeah. Take your time and do yeah. it. Do it uh, well, yeah. Carlos. We could speak for hours. We could. Uh, we could. And we have. We haven't even got pizzas. Let me. I know. No pizzas <laughs> this time. How can people get in contact with you? Obviously, we shared it last time on our podcast. But uh, for those listeners today, the okay, it's Elrington's lawyers. Uh, the phone number is six two zero six one three double zero. It is uh, Elrington's There is. We have a website with a lot of information. There are a lot of articles about many subjects and I always invite people to go through those articles. It's a good way to introduce yourself into topics. You know, they're not totally comprehensive about any particular theme, but they introduce you to themes. So I find that, I think people, the feedback I get is that it's quite informative. Fantastic. Carlos, thank you very much for coming on again and I hope we uh, find another time for you to uh, thank you. slot in. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for the coffee, Nish. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks.